Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're you're about about to to get get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 179 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto Shippuden episodes 119 through 120, where Kakashi is an angsty teen boy. Girls are still absolutely useless. And when you can't think of a gift for someone, consider giving them one of your eyes. When you want to give somebody one of your eyes, consider giving them your left eye, because then they will have your left eye, and you can be like, hey, at least you didn't take the right one. And they're like, does that mean I got the wrong one? And then both of you can look at each other and think, hey, we made a dumb joke together. All right, let's jump in. All right, that was um, that was a choice that you made. It's a long walk for a small drink of water. <laughs> it's uh, it, well, we did. What was it? Thanksgiving just now? Just recently? <laughs> just the other day? What year is it? We took off for Thanksgiving, but now we're not off anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I can, Congratulations. I considered, <laughs> I considered making that joke about uh, apparently... Uh, some some guy that was on, I think it's like CSI or NCIS. He died and he gave his eyes to science to like a uh, an organ bank, and uh, yeah. two he two people got I guess one uh, each one of his eyes or part of his eye, um, and there was a, apparently a poster inside of New York that was like. He gave his he gave his life for the city, and he gave the gift of sight to two New Yorkers. And uh, John Mulaney was telling this joke, and he was like, "Yeah." And uh, what I want to do is I want to make a rom com where two people have never met before, <laughs> but both get their eye gouged out in some crazy way, and they get one of this guy's eyes, and then they meet in a meet cute. <laughs> oh my god speaking of meet cute okay so i don't know if this is like a new thing for my mom or if it's just a thing that i didn't know about her before now but she was watching hallmark christmas movies when i was in town oh god i can't what a what an experience that was i watched uh some portion of the end of one of them and then a brief portion of the beginning of the next one before i fell asleep uh it's interesting. I I kind of I kind of have a, a burgeoning fascination with these movies now because one you get people that look soap opera hot, which is to say they look good for average people, but not necessarily like movie star hot. And they're like maybe like a little too weirdly clean cut or like weirdly perfect or something like like the guys all have like extremely perfectly well done hair. I don't know. There's just something sort of artificial about it. But, you know, they're they're on TV. They're in a romance. You're supposed to think that they're sexy. And I don't know. I guess they're good looking enough. And that's interesting because combined with like the lighting, which is not quite TV lighting, but it's definitely not movie lighting. I don't know. They just look. They just they have this like weird, unique look about them that feels like very artificial and very like we are heartwarming right now kind of vibe. And I don't know, it was just interesting. And then, you know, as a person who's like obsessed with screenwriting, I was watching it and being like, okay, are are we doing just like the most basic versions of sort of like the screenwriting stations that you go through for your average script? And like, maybe, yeah, probably, but I didn't watch enough. But like what I did notice is that, the a little bit less on the sort of like i don't know inciting moment and you know kind of hero's journey stuff that you see in a lot of screenplays and a lot heavier on the uh rom-com like there in both movies that i saw there were very clear moments that were meat cutes and like they might as well have just put 
the words meet cute on the screen, it was so obvious that that's what they were doing. Or you were just like, they are meeting in a way that feels unlikely and a little fabricated. Uh, and they are, um, they are sort of bumbling over each other. I don't know. It was just like, if you really, really, really fuck with like romantic comedy tropes, it seems like Lifetime movies are just like an endless font of the lowest common denominator version of those. And I I am like vaguely fascinated by it uh, in a way that will probably not cause me to seek them out. Yeah, as as somebody who uh, never wants to ever, ever be forced to watch another Hallmark movie, uh, they are very difficult to watch. And I have had to watch a bunch of them uh, while living with in-laws it has been difficult. Uh, the amount of times where I have rolled my eyes so hard that it felt like they might have gotten stuck uh, is is probably infinite at this point. And it's just <laughs> it's just the thing that always makes me so angry about them is that you'll have a moment where you're watching it and you're like, there is no way that this is a second pass of writing. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way because they say they'll say something and you're just like this is placeholder here does placeholder here and it's it, they may have as well have just said placeholder. Like it there's there's no way and there was, oh man, there was this one, I think it was, they all kind of run together at this point. They're all about Christmas, yeah. by the way. It, it, they're about Christmas. Yeah, they don't seem to make a lot of, I mean, I'm sure they do have Lifetime movies for other times of year, but nobody thinks about it or talks about it. Yeah, they're like, Christmas time is here and somebody is about to be in a town that they grew up in and there is a guy there that he he he's looking to find the woman that he met in high school and they're going to connect again about it. Or she's about to lose her uh, coffee shop and this guy is coming to town to buy the coffee shop and he's going to fall in love with coffee shop girl and now she gets to keep the coffee shop. And then they inject a part where it's just like, this is a letter about how you need to keep your coffee shop signed your dead dad. And it's just like, <laughs> I can't. I love you. And I love this coffee shop. I'm so the glad end. you kept this coffee shop in the future. I didn't know this that. Is... Shit. We didn't remove this from the pages. Fuck it. We'll just fix it in post. We don't have enough money for post. <laughs> oh, well, fuck. I guess we're leaving well, it in. Just then. put it on TV. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, I don't know the. Like I said, the first one that I saw was already near the end, and there was something about a guy who used to be in a band, but now he was in a solo career who seemed awfully gay, but I don't think was actually gay. Uh, who was trying to sing, and I don't know how he played into the other two romantic storylines that were happening that were clearly like the point of all this, and. I, I didn't really know what was going on in that one. The second one, before I fell asleep, the setup was like, there's a dude who sells Christmas trees. He is a Christmas tree farmer. And <laughs> his Christmas trees are shitty. <laughs> like everybody, he's like in a small town or whatever. Everybody always buys Christmas trees from him because he's the guy. And uh, and this year the trees are like turning to shit the second they leave the lot in a way that to me, as somebody who doesn't know that much about trees found awfully unlikely in a, in a sense where I was like, there's no way that there's like magic happening here. Like his trees are like magically dissolving. Uh, But that seems like what it is where he's like, these trees are super healthy. And then I cut them and I send them away with people. And then like by the next day, like they're the, the, you know, um, needles and stuff are falling off of them. They look like trash. I'm like, I don't think that's how that works, but um, it was what was happening here. And he wasn't like a Grinch or like he was he was like a nice guy. Everybody liked him in town. He was I don't know how. How particularly big on the Christmas spirit he was, he wasn't like 
I mean, he wasn't like Will Ferrell and Elf, but like he, he, you know, he, the point wasn't like that. This is some sort of like divine retribution for him being a Grinch at the holidays. Like he was just like a normal dude who wanted to sell Christmas trees and was generally positive about Christmas and the trees were just not working out. And then the girl is a uh, horticulturalist who has been randomly called in from like a ways away Blake, to come and check Blake, out the trees. Like you said horticulturist as if people didn't just fill in the word tree doctor if they've ever seen a That's Walmart what they kept movie. calling her. They of course they called her a tree doctor. And, then, and you're uh, the longer you're telling me about this, the more it is vaguely reminding me that I think I've seen this fucking Hallmark movie. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. Two, two, I just can't There were two great things about it. I totally fell asleep about 20 minutes in. I was I was intending to take a nap, but I was kind of like, you know, just sort of like winding down while this was on television. Um, like my, my parents, my grandmother were sitting there watching it and I was like, okay, I will, uh, you know, imbibe a bit of this trash film. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed just like the sort of absurdities of it. But then at one point they were like, Hey, like the soil here is really fertile. And like, you know, you saw these Christmas trees, which is great. But also, like, you could grow all kinds of other things during other parts of the year and sell those so that when you are selling your farm goods, you're selling them sort of, like, constantly, like, throughout the year. You're probably doing, like, a lot more business and just, like, doing much, much better for yourself um, instead of just selling Christmas trees. And he's like, yeah, but my my dad was a Christmas tree farmer and, like, all we ever sold was Christmas trees. Like, this is – I'm, like, a Christmas tree farmer. And I was like, this is the stupidest hill to die on, sir. <laughs> like, like you're just, how is it, how, how is your immediate, like, thoughtless reaction? Like, nah, I just do Christmas trees to do anything else is insanity. Um, but then the other thing is, like, these were both sort of, like, dark-haired white people that were the, you know, the leads in this movie. And while I was there at night, sometimes I would put on New Girl. Uh, and my dad was convinced that the woman was Zoe Deschanel and the man was either Schmidt or Nick from New Girl. And I was like, he was like very confident about it and like told other people and then mentioned it to me. And I was like, no, that wasn't them. And he was like, oh, I was sure it was them. <laughs> no, they they kind of maybe vaguely look similar, I guess. Yeah, that's like that. It was joke. good. It was a good trip. <laughs> it's like that joke about killing Hitler. And John Mulaney is just like, like, I'm not going to go. They're like, if you saw Hitler in the street, you wouldn't kill him. And he's just like, well, a couple of things. Number one, I am not that confident about how Hitler looks. Like, I'm not going to go out there and (laughs) kill somebody that vaguely looks like Hitler. Like, I kill an old, old man. And they're like, why'd you do that? And he's just like, he looked like Hitler. And he's just like, yeah, kind of. But <laughs> yeah, a little. <laughs> oh man, I fucking love John Mulaney so much. I'm so glad that he's like, yeah. you know, not trying to kill himself with cocaine anymore. So I, I'm also glad of that. I'm curious to hear how his stand up changes based on the drastic shifts in his personal life. But you know, I, I'm still holding well, out that his whole fucking thing is what he's up well, to. Well, his whole fucking thing is that he, no, he wasn't doing cocaine for like most of his stand-up cocaine. career. He wasn't doing cocaine and he was, he was like sober and then he completely fell off the wagon for like a year and a half. Um, well, yeah. Cause he, I think he was, isn't the story that he was really struggling with COVID and like with isolation and that, that just sort of like sent him off because he was just like, I don't know, not able to deal with the sort of isolation of quarantine or whatever. Yeah. That's rough. And then, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, that happened and he has like several bits in his stand up about being sober. Not that like him falling off the wagon, like I, I have a lot of confidence that he'll be able to find a, a, an interesting way to, to like discuss that. But also like, you know, he's got gotten divorced with his wife and now he has a kid on the way with Olivia Munn. And the timeline of that is awkward. And like, there's just like a a lot of major changes in his life that will have to be brought up in his stand up. And I'm curious about when I can finally hear it. Cause I know he started doing, um, doing shows again. And I've read some reviews of those shows talking about how 
like he does kind of frankly address some of these things and it can be kind of raw sometimes and i'm curious to see it for myself yeah all right anyway, do you want to talk about anime yeah that's what i was thinking uh i don't have any real news about anime this week other than no man we get... we have a monday episode coming you guys and it is gonna be uh it's gonna be the first two episodes of our coverage of the Cowboy Bebop live action show and people people have gotten such opinions on this fucking show and the takes are hot 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 yeah it is it is fucking aggressive <laughs> at this point um to the point where there's just like non-anime YouTubers that are just like fucking drilling into it and opening up like these long diatribes about it and they're like you know what i mean i just watched the cowboy bebop anime series and i have to talk to you about the netflix show and i'm just like get out get out just get out you just get out like it's not you're you're allowed to have opinions yeah you're allowed to have opinions on anything but i don't know it definitely does feel like cowboy bebop has been our thing our being anime community people for like a long time like we've had cowboy bebop for a long time it's been near the top of the list for a long time and yeah we will have a i think lively discussion i actually considered having no page flips on monday so that we could just talk about cowboy bebop because i know we're going to talk it to death so we'll go over it and i don't know i have thoughts yeah, uh, I know you have thoughts. Yeah, and I think that a lot of our thoughts will be agreeing with or countering a lot of the takes that we've seen online, and um, I think it'll be an interesting discussion. But like, yeah, you, you're allowed to have your opinion on whatever you want to have an opinion on. Yeah, um, I, but there's definitely that sense of like, you know, when somebody is like, "I have an opinion," and you're like, "Well, okay," but what we're talking about is a fact, and your opinion doesn't agree with the facts. And so your opinion is not valid. And they're like, yeah, Trump 2024. And you're like, okay, this is insane. Yeah. And um, it's kind of, it's like, it's not quite that, but there is a certain sense of like Cowboy Bebop has been such an institution that we're like, you have your opinions quietly, non-anime fans and new Cowboy Bebop fans. Like, I, I only want to hear from people who have known Cowboy Bebop for a long time or who have never seen it and only watched the live action series. Because those are the only two opinions, like those edge edges of the spectrum are the only ones that I want to hear from. Because I'm curious about how the show is being received by people who don't have a frame of reference. Yeah. And how the show is being received by people who have a very specific and strong frame of reference. And that middle section, I'm like... I don't give a shit what you think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did find one piece of news for myself. What's not that? Cowboy Bebop. So if, uh, there's a trailer and a new trailer and a new visual coming on December 18th for the upcoming bleach anime. Um, so this is from siliconera.com. Um, it's the first trailer and they just keep using the word visual. So I guess that's like a poster or some shit. I don't know. It's going to be unveiled on a live stream on December 18th, uh, 2021. Um, this is based on the uh, 20th anniversary um, anime project that was announced in March of 2020. Uh, they say earlier this month, the anime was conti- like the anime project was confirmed to be uh, a TV series. And uh, I'm pretty sure we already knew that for like a while, uh, but they do confirm here in this article that it, it is an anime TV series that will be telling the story of the Thousand Year Blood War arc, which is the final uh, story arc of the manga series. Um, so, yeah, it looks like uh, there's a lot of information about the live stream event. Um, the presentation is going to begin at 1 a.m., Pacific time, 4 a.m. Eastern time on December 18th, 2021. So, uh, you, you know, you can look forward to waking up to that information on December 18th and uh, figuring out exactly what happened in that trailer. And um, and then I hopefully we will hear when the anime is going to come out as part of this trailer release. Um, because it's been you know announced for a while now and i'm excited yeah let's everybody let's everybody cross your fingers for that um yeah bleach time yeah Um, a a different a different 
weird thing that I, I wanted to go over really quick that is not anime, but anime adjacent is a Netflix show that I don't think you have watched yet, but I have been watching and it is beautifully done. It is a League of Legends animated series that's Ooh, on Netflix called Arcane. That looks really good. It is very good. Number one. Number two, they do a fantastic job of not only weaving a really, really intricate world together, but also drawing somebody in and doing a job where they don't explain any the fuck thing that is the fuck happening when you get thrown into the middle of it, which is one of my favorite ways to get dropped into a fantasy world. Like... Mm. If you give me as little information as possible so I can just jump in with you and just kind of explore the world as I'm in it with you, that's my favorite way to do it. And I will confirm that that show is fantastic. Um, Also, uh, and this is a a very, very hot take, not anime related, but also uh, good show related. Um, The best Marvel television show has started. Um, huh? it is oh. better than Loki, um, because Whoa. I loved Loki. Loki was my number one after the Daredevil Netflix series. Um, the Daredevil Netflix series might be better than the show still, just because I love that no, show. I forgot about the Netflix series. Yeah. But holy shit, man. Hawkeye is great. It is really, really good. And I think the biggest reason that it is so good is that the the leads are perfectly cast. Um, you know, obviously Hawkeye is still the same person that's played Hawkeye. Um, but the girl that is... Still hawking those eyes. Yeah. The girl that is the other lead character inside of the show, she is also fantastic. It's Haley Steinfeld, right? Yeah. She's... She yeah, I is, like her a lot. She's, she's really, really good um, in this show. Um, and the the characters that they have introduced as like the foils of your uh, your main characters and heroes um, have been sparse and weird and really compelling. And I think that that was one of the things that Marvel does really well at making their villains semi-relatable. And to the point where you're just like, oh, I can I can see how someone would get get to there if they were completely broken. Um, But, you know, I I wouldn't get to there, but I could see how somebody could get to there. And I see how they think that they're right. (laughs) Wink. Yeah. But anyways, Uh, another great show. Yeah, I. I actually hadn't heard anything about it. I mean, I thought it looked good, but I I hadn't seen any reviews. Well, I've, I've partly been ignoring reviews too, because the thing about Marvel properties is that as soon as a Marvel, everybody knows that Marvel is like a living universe that is constantly building on itself. So people don't want to talk about whether or not they thought a thing was good as much as they want to talk about what the thing they saw might mean. So it's like impossible to read stuff about Marvel series without just reading spoilers. So I tend to ignore nor reviews of Marvel properties until I get around to seeing them. Um, And so, yeah, I was going to say like, I haven't seen any reviews, but I've actually seen a ton of stuff. That's like this character in episode three was crazy. And I'm like, well, I haven't watched it yet. So I don't know what you're talking about. Um, So yeah, I'm excited to hear that. It's good. Um, Yeah. I want to watch that. Wheel of time is out. I got to watch that. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff happening right now. So yeah. anyway, uh, you want to talk about some other stuff that may or may not be good? Okay, so here we go. Um, I, I'm voting that we skip the recap other than you're in Naruto, a world of ninjas. Uh, yeah, because you, you don't really need to know anything going into this. Correct. But uh, the, your your anchor point is Kakashi, which is the original mentor for our main character who is a a powerful and respected ninja in the modern day of the show, but this is a flashback story. Yeah. So and, uh, you'll, you'll recognize one other character that shows up here um, to a much lesser extent. Yeah. So I guess this uh, is the first time you get to know Minato. Yeah. But, uh, you don't, you do know of him. Yeah. To be fair though, this is previously on Naruto Shippuden. <laughs> 
It's just That's right. In the this actual is, past. Could it be the episode title? We're yeah. typing it down. Yeah. So uh so we'll start out with episode one one nine, episode 119, Kakashi Chronicles Boys Life on the Battlefield Part One. And spoiler alert, the second episode, episode one twenty, is called part two. So I'm not reading that fucker again. Uh but Don't do it. These episodes, uh if you if you really, really are a completist, um, and you <laughs> want to know everything about Shippuden, um, these episodes are hashtag very important right now. Um, but hmm. if you're somebody who's just like, I can get my information later, be aware all of this information is going to be spoon fucking fed to you later on inside of the show. So if you're not feeling what? these episodes, you can just skip them if you want to. But we're gonna fucking talk about them because uh, we're. That's in- an interesting point that you're making, and I guess I agree with you, but I don't like how you said it, <laughs> dude. Why? <laughs> Which is to say, I think these are pretty good. Uh. And I think that it's very worth watching. Um, and uh, it's also canon. Uh, it feels a little bit like filler, but it's not. It but feels a weird thing that it I was just feels a lot uh, like filler. <laughs> yeah, but but like. It feels like filler in that it is just sort of randomly inserted. It, it's not really related at all to what's going on in the story right now. And it is just a it's just a side story. And if you didn't know this story, it really it really wouldn't change anything. Some of some of the stuff from the story will be referenced later on in Naruto Shippuden. So it is not. It's not like other filler arcs where like the only references that you get are in the anime when they're like, yeah, remember that happened and it, when we all took it seriously. Uh, but it just never shows up in the, in the manga. This is actually from the manga. But you know what's weird? This, this episode takes from manga chapters starting in 239. So 239 uh, is the first chapter that covers this bit of story. The previous episode that we watched, the one about Sasuke pulling together his team, takes from chapter 351. Yep. So there have been a hundred chapters since this story appeared in the manga to get us to what just happened in the anime. And I, I am sure that this is not the only time this has happened in anime, but this is weird. Why did they... Why did they wait to tell this story? Yeah. Why did they then decide to tell it here? It's odd. Yeah. It, Th- that said, it feels like filler because it's not relevant to what's happening and you could skip it and not have missed anything. It doesn't feel like filler in the way that we often speak about filler where something feels different or off. I would argue that this feels like a well-told Naruto story, unlike a lot of the filler arcs. And that you can and should enjoy this more as a sort of like short movie than as a f- bit of filler that you have to get through. Yeah, and I was gonna I was gonna bring this up as well because I had noticed that about that on on Wikipedia when I was looking up these episodes um, because I was really I was really interested to find out like what where these actually came from inside of the manga chapters um, and. Uh-huh. One of the things about this is that where it happens inside of the manga is uh, is when you are learning about the different Hokage. And that is oh. a very interesting. So, like, the, the thing that happens right before this inside of the manga is that um, uh, you see Naruto reaching up, holding out towards his father... And saying, you'll see one day what I'm what I have to do. And then you see a cut to the Akatsuki, and then you get the story about arguably mostly Minato, and uh it's got uh, you know Kakashi, obviously, but it's it's also like it's it, Minato is very important inside of this story. 
and uh, yeah. a character that is much more important will be seen much later on the other parts of his story. Um, but let's get into these characters first. Yeah. We're 17 this years is, in the this past, could also be this, this could also be considered the origin story of Kakashi's, like, you know, moral code of ninja ethics or whatever. Mm. Uh, because at the beginning of this, 17 years ago, Kakashi, uh, he's 13 uh, and he sucks. He is an angsty teenager and he he's just he just sucks a little bit like he he's one of those kind of uh prodigy kids where he he just got promoted to Jonin and his compatriots so he's on a three man team with Minato as their as their uh uh sensei mm-hmm. so Minato is their Kakashi Kakashi is their Sasuke <laughs> Then there's Obito, which is their Naruto, which is to say Obito is the guy where Kakashi, just like Sasuke, seems like everything kind of comes easily to him and he's advancing very quickly in relation to his peers. Obito, just like Naruto from part one, is um, struggling, is a bit of a bumbler and uh, does not seem to have nearly as much talent or skill in relation to uh, his peers. Uh, and then they, their third uh, team member is a girl named Rin or Rin. Uh, she is the Sakura, the part one Sakura analog in that her personality is basically non-existent and she has no skills to speak of other than healing. Yeah, there's also <laughs> a uh, another very important thing that Blake has omitted, which is that Obito's last name is Uchiha, which is incredibly yes. important. Uh, it, and- it's also the first time we've ever seen an Uchiha not just be like a curb stomp level opponent. Mm-hmm. Like he's a fuck up. And then he does he does make some comments at some point where he's like, I'm an Uchiha. I should be better than this. And I have angst over the fact that I am not. And I think that's interesting. But it's also interesting to be like, yeah, not all the chi- the Uchihas are just born as like game ending opponents like Obito is not that. Uh, and it's a it's cool. It's a good it's a good reversal. You know, this sucks. The, I, I won't harp on this the whole time, but if they had replaced Rin with a medical kit, the story would have been the same. Yeah. Um, so uh, in a complete 180, uh, they are sent on a mission to destroy a bridge instead of saving a bridge. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they, where have you heard this one before? But in reverse, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, while they're there, while they're en route to destroy said bridge, they're ambushed, and Kakashi is going to re- reveal that he has a new technique that he has invented called the Chidori. Um, we've seen it in our showing, but they haven't seen it in the past. And he, yeah. uh, he basically it's really new to everybody here. Yeah, he murks his person that is. <laughs> trying to kill him and Minato is just like hey Kakashi maybe don't do that anymore um and I I I don't know I couldn't completely tell if the reason why is the same sort of reason that uh Naruto was told not to use his ability because it was like tearing him up on no. the inside um or if no it's, it's just different because- it's because um Kakashi he uses Chidori in this fight And the Chidori, this is something that doesn't actually get talked about a lot in Chidori, but they mention it here in these episodes, which is that not only does it give you like a lightning hand that you can pierce your opponents with, but it also speeds you up. So it's augmenting Kakashi's physical capabilities while also making him crackle with dangerous electricity. It's a very powerful technique, but what Minato says is you shouldn't use that technique because it's brand new. You just made it. You're not used to it. And the problem that that's causing is that you are moving faster than you're used to using, than you're used to moving, and you do not have the reaction time that you're used to having. And so in the fight, when Kakashi uses Chidori, he gets himself injured because he is he doesn't have the time to react to a counterattack that he would have if he were using a different technique. And so that's that's sort of the core of it is that the the technique isn't finished in a way that it can be safely used on the battlefield because he's not used to using it and he can't he consequently can't use it safely without endangering himself. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then we're going to find out a little bit more about Kakashi's past. Uh, Kakashi had a dad like most people do. Um, and yeah. uh, he he's... I-, I would say almost everybody. Yeah. Even. Well, you know, some people. You know, you might not they might not be around, but yeah. I think they existed at some point. Well, mushroom people, you know, people that just spored off of their original host. They said almost everybody. Yeah. Anyways, um, science. So, so Minato is going to uh, get a a metric metric ton of complaints from Obito, who's just like, I'm sick of the way that Kakashi is being, um, and Kakashi's just like, <laughs> yeah. hey. Well, this is his dad, and his dad was an ass. And Obito's just like, oh, he was an ass. That makes sense. Everybody, Everything's okay because he was an what? ass. And I was like... No, that's not the story at all. <laughs> the story is that his dad... So the, the, his dad was a famous ninja. So first of all, this scene is great because Obito, on the one hand, Obito has a problem with his teammate. And he doesn't know how to feel about it or how to react to it. So he goes to his team leader to to seek advice. He does not present it like I am seeking advice. He presents it like we are different people and I have a hard time understanding him. He presents it a little bit more like a grievance session than like seeking some sort of counsel. Mm -hmm. But to me, it read a little bit like... I would like to speak to the manager, please, about your employee. He's being a he's funny. being a little bit of a Karen, a little bit. Um, but yeah, Kakashi's father was a famous figure from the Leaf Village, uh, so famous that we've actually heard his dad mentioned in passing as the White Fang of Konoha by other characters in the series previously. That was just like a thing that we had heard about. We really didn't know anything about his dad, but we knew that he was famous and he had that nickname. Um, so it turns out he's a super powerful ninja and he's, um, he's, he's like one of the top ninja of the leaf village and they go on a mission. And at some point during the mission, they are compromised to the point that Kakashi's father has to make a decision. He can either save the mission at the expense of the lives of his comrades or save the lives of his comrades at the expense of the mission. And he decides to save the lives of his comrades. And the mission fails, but the comrades survive. They return to the Leaf Village. Everybody is reprimanded for failing the mission, in particular Kakashi's father for being the team leader on the mission who made the wrong choice. They they basically say he should have let them die because the job of a shinobi is to complete the missions that they are given, not to save the lives of their teammates. If you can do both, it's great. But if you have to prioritize one, the mission always wins. And he was he was harassed and rejected by members of the Leaf Village because of this decision he made, including by the people whose lives he saved, to the point that he commits suicide. And... Kakashi is a dick now because he's upset that his father was driven to suicide by saving people's lives. And as a result, Kakashi has decided that he will never make the same mistake, that he basically doesn't give a shit about you if you're on his team, and that the the mission comes first and teammates come somewhere in the teens or 20s. Yeah, I... I... I have a I have a hard time with squaring Kakashi's dad. Um and one of the biggest reasons why is that it's just it it's it's just it's difficult as a parent now to understand that somebody as a parent then could like make the decision like trigger warning yeah. to people like to this leave is... their kid yes is that what you're saying yes yeah so i saw i i felt that too me squaring the peg of he's not an ass for abandoning his family by taking his own life is difficult for me um well, it's, he... it's it's difficult <laughs> like you, and you trigger warning argue... for people that like have dealt with ideas of suicide and you know have have tread that you know i haven't dealt with 
suicide inside of my life or anybody inside of my family, uh, you know, uh, friend issues uh, aside. Um, but like as somebody who is now a father to understand that somebody made this decision to leave his family and his child behind in this way in because he made a decision like, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's hard for me yeah. to swear it. I get where you're coming from. I, the, I, I saw that too, where I was like, man, he really did just like leave his kid alone and he killed himself at home. So he, yes, he not only fuck, like, kills, him, kills himself to, to caught. Cause I don't think his wife is alive. So him killing himself, at least in my understanding causes Kakashi to become an orphan, but he also kills himself at home. So Kakashi finds out he's an orphan by finding his father's corpse one morning when he wakes up. Yeah. Which is not a great experience. Yeah. For the, it's a, know, it's a pretty, routine. it's a pretty ass um, move. If I would say so myself. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, at the expense of being a little insensitive about cultural differences that I don't a hundred percent understand to me, this reads as an, as a, uh, as a seppuku, which is um, a, an honor suicide in which, uh, you you commit suicide by uh, as a way of atoning for or punishing yourself for some uh, some breach of honor that would require you to make such a sacrifice. So to me, this read a little bit more as a difference between our Western culture and the Eastern culture that Naruto. Uh, that Naruto's storyteller is pulling from mm-hmm. rather than uh, like it, it feels like there were additional rules around w- whether or not you should kill yourself that are potentially in play in the culture of the universe in a way that would make sense more to a Japanese audience than to an American audience where we don't really view suicide as a thing. Well, I was going to say we don't really view it as, as a thing that's ever justifiable, except I guess in the case of like self-sacrifice for the greater good or something like that, we definitely have that. But, um, but you know, we, we don't really have honor suicide. Like our society is always, there is a better way. Uh, and I, I would personally agree with that. And I think that that's correct, but I do think that this might be more of a seppuku, um, while still absolutely being a fucked up traumatic experience for young Kagashi to go through. Yeah. Um, so, the next couple of things, uh, if you are somebody who is completely sick of the fact that uh, women are written as uh, placeholders for things to be taken or just stand there and ogle at men, is going to be very annoyed um, because, uh-huh. uh, surprise, surprise, Ren, the character that is put in to be a red shirt, is kidnapped. Um, and so Obito, like I said, if you replaced her with a medical kit, her only saving grace is that she is good at medical ninjutsu. Uh, if you replaced her with a medical kit and had a line about how ninja know how to use this medical kit, she wouldn't even need to be here. Like she's that little of a character. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there's a quick argument between Obito and Kakashi, which is basically, um, we shouldn't worry about her because it's not important. That's Kakashi and Obito being just like your father wouldn't have stood for this. He was a hero because he saved his comrades, uh, over, over anything. And you should do that too. And they get at each other about it. Um, so Obito's just like, fuck it. I'm going to go save Ren. Um, after, uh, a quick punch in the face of Kakashi. Um, and, yeah. uh, also Minato's not there because he's on a different mission. Yeah. He split off from them to go help out with somewhere else with some other shit. Yeah. Obito in the meantime for Kakashi showing up to save both of them is going to number one, have one of his eyes cut. And I, I, I couldn't tell if it was completely cut out, but it was definitely fucked up. Um, and, uh, is what he, he well, Obito's going to lose one of his eyes. No, he doesn't. Uh, Kakashi loses oh, one God. of his eyes. Why did I say Kakashi? Sorry, Kakashi loses one of his <laughs> eyes. Um, yeah, Obito goes to save Rin, and it, one of them, so there's two ninja that kidnap her, and one of them has, like, a camouflage ability where he can become invisible, and uh, he is about to attack Obito, and Kakashi arrives 
having presumably decided that something Obito said was correct and he is going to try and save his comrades instead of blow up the bridge like he's supposed to. And he fights the chameleon guy, but gets his eye slashed in the process, specifically his left eye. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if it ripped the eye all the way out or if it just cut it real bad. Um, because uh, it seems like it was just a deep cut. Okay, so this is the reason why I'm interested in this. Um, fuck, we're gonna get to the very end of the episode about this, which is that Kakashi. The reason he has a Sharingan eye is because he is gifted his Sharingan eye. Um, but. My question has always been about this. Is it an implant thing or is it like you're able to transfer the power of an eye to somebody else's eye? And it's an implant. Okay. For sure. That's, that's what I've always kind of been because this happens multiple times in the show where like somebody gets a new eye and they, I don't think that they had lost their eye beforehand. So I didn't know if it was like gaining and learning a new jutsu ability. And the only way that you're able to do it is just by gaining like, you know, the access to it. Like you have to, you know, yeah. be given it. It's and my understanding. My understanding is that it is kind of because it's a Kekai Genkai, it's a bloodline trait. Mm. It has to have a connection to the bloodline. And so, like, I don't think it would be possible to transfer the ability to use Sharingan without transferring the eye itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll you'll actually see this on another character. Actually, if you think about, I don't I don't want to spoil it, but if you know who I'm talking about, there is a character who has eyes in other places on his body because he took them out of people's heads to use their abilities. Yeah. And that's the, uh, uh, like, I, I guess he grafted the eye socket as well. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. And I think they even use like a, uh, a transfer or, uh, you know, transplant or whatever, some word that indicates that they are literally removing Obito's eye and putting it in Kakashi's. Yeah. Uh, but the, the way that we get there is that Kakashi gets injured uh, but because he's there, Obito has a moment of like, I need to step up ishness and his Sharingan activates for the first time ever. Yeah. Um, and this allows him to see the chakra flows of the invisible man, functionally rendering him not invisible and deliver a killing blow to him. They then go to the cave nearby where Rin is being held by the other kidnapper yeah, but they, they get they get completely screwed over. They, they well, they have a really good fight sequence first that has like money poured into it, and I was very surprised and delighted by that. Yeah, and then it it well animated, but they get pretty screwed in the end. Where um, there is there is a moment where um, where Obito has to make a decision to save Kakashi. Um, and yeah, because this other dude's power is to cause the cave they're in to collapse. It's yeah, a little he, unclear. He's basically just like Earthquake Man. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah, uh, so uh, Obito is going to, in his la- one of his last moments, give Kakashi one of his eyes, um, so that Kakashi will have a, a full set of eyes again. Um, yeah, he gets smooshed beneath a rock. Uh, well, he gets his- he gets arguably smooshed. Um, definitely we, smooshed. I don't know what you're talking about. The left side of his body is sticking out and he's like, here, have this eye because I am currently dying and it ain't going to happen for very long. So I, 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 anyways, um, so I don't know what you're getting at Spencer. Okay. Okay. You're just going to play coy with the rest of the fucking show. Okay. <laughs> play coy. <laughs> anyways, I, so I, I, I he t- gets smooshed. <laughs> Well, then there is some rubble that falls around and you assume that he dies. Um, Yes, he is buried alive. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Why wouldn't you assume that he dies? They say it. God damn it, Flake. (laughs) Let me allude. So anyway, Obito gives gives Kakashi his eye. And there's a really cool fight sequence after this where Kakashi is mad. And so he's going to kill a lot of ninja that have shown up. Uh, and Rin is still girl, so she's not going to contribute. And um, Kakashi uses Chidori again, despite the fact that Minato was like, don't do it. And uh, this time it works. And I I don't know that they say this outright, but what I interpreted this as was the, the sort of ocular abilities of the Sharingan allow him to account for 
the um the blind spot that he had previously when using Chidori and now the the technique is no longer dangerous for him to use. Yeah, which his eyes are able to track his opponents. Yeah, cuz he's cuz he's now got a special eye. Um He's got and, those special eyes. Yep. And, and then uh, Minato shows up and saves the day because Minato is able to teleport using shuri- shuriken. Yeah. And it's really cool and you just don't see enough of it here, but it's still baller. Yeah. Very fun in the games and uh Oh, he also gave Kakashi a shuriken so that he would be able to like warp to him at any point. And that's how he's able to show up and save the day because previously he was off doing something else. Uh, and uh, Rin gave him a present. I don't remember what it was. And then Obito didn't give him a present. So when he gives him his eyes, like, I couldn't figure out what to get you. So I'm going to get you my eye. And then I'll die here beneath this rock. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. And that's the story. <laughs> and that's the story. So stick with us after oh, these credits. Or they also succeed in blowing up the bridge after this. So I oh. guess you can have ever you can have it all. Yeah. Anyways, uh stick with us after these credits and we'll give you something coming on next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash getjumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geek Exploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Yu Yu Hakusho, episodes 78 through 80. Yeah, we're definitely all done talking about Seaman. Uh, we're not going to be talking about how Seaman uh, uh, shriveled up at the end, uh, causing where he was to become uh, flaky and uh, oh difficult to wash. I'm so proud of you. <laughs>